Mind. Body. And soul. Be a better you. The Edge of the Mind Podcast for mental health and physical well-being. Welcome back to Edge of the Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Dan O'Mac. And before I bring on my guests, like always, just want to make it clear that this podcast is to motivate, inspire, and support each other. Uh, I bring on real everyday people sharing real stories of struggles with mental health, uh, physical well-being, and overcoming adversity. Um, You can find this podcast on Facebook at the Facebook group page, Edge of the Mind Podcast by PWE, and on Instagram at PWE or at Edge of the Mind Pod. You can find the rest of the PWE Podcast Network, which is Pro Wrestling Edge and Talking Sports with PWE, at PWE Pod on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find anything about the network at our website, pwepod.com. This podcast would not be able to happen without our partners and our sponsors. First of all, I want to... Shout out our partner, Rue Psychedelics. Jeff has been a supporter of this podcast from the beginning. He does some awesome things. His Etsy store will be linked on social media and every episode that we post on on, um, on Spotify. Um, so go check out his Etsy store. Go check him out on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's at Rue Psychedelics. Also, Whirlwind Productions Detroit. That is our partner with our um, production company. If you're looking for any type of voiceover work or podcast production work, go check them out at Whirlwind Productions DET on Facebook and Instagram. You can email them at whirlwindproductionsdet at gmail.com. And our newest sponsor to the podcast, Ronnie Jaquist and Jaquist Photography. I've said this before, Ronnie is one of my closest friends. Uh, and he has transitioned from one passion in his life, which was professional wrestling, to another one, photography. His attention to detail, his steady hand, his love for all things photography proves these his talents are a huge benefit to this industry. And if you're looking for any photography work, he currently he does championship belts for belt makers, toys, people, places, nature, cars, weddings. He's booked his he's he's got a wedding booked. Reach out to him on Facebook and TikTok. It's at Jaquis Photography, and that is J-A-C-Q-U-I-S photography. On Instagram, it's under his name, Ronnie Jaquist. Twitter, he's still using his wrestling gimmick there. It's at horror, horror underscore style. So reach out to Ronnie if you're looking for anything. I know PWE Podcast uh, Network, we're going to be doing a photo shoot with him later on this year. So we're excited for that. But check out his work. Um, he does great stuff. So we're happy to have him as part of this team. Um, I've got all of that out of the way. Uh, we have another great episode. I'd like to bring on my guest, Angie. If you could just introduce yourself and, and give our listeners a little bit of a background on you. Hello, my name is Angie Yo. Um, I am an IFBB pro. I'm an also I'm also an elite level power lifter. 
Um, I'm a certified personal trainer, um, sports uh, nutrition specialist. Um, I'm a world champion, two-time world champion. I'm Westside certified for strength and conditioning. Um, those are all really great, you know, accolades and whatnot, but I really am here today to just talk from a very personal um, place. And I really don't want to kind of go into the professionalism very much because this is like just a real human talking to you about how I got here and what is really behind the drive to become those things. That's awesome. Um, congrats on everything professionally you're doing. Um, I've seen a lot of your stuff online and, and, and you do a fantastic job, but we actually hooked up for this podcast through, um, um, a friend of yours and someone that I know mutually through, uh, Chris Kohlenberg with RPW wrestling, uh, Kelly, yes. um, she reached out and was like, I think Angie would be somebody great to come on your podcast. I reached out to you. We talked a little bit. Um, we did some scheduling and we finally got you on. Um, I know there's been a lot going on, you know, I'm also soon going to get ready to move. I know you're in the process <laughs> of doing that. So I appreciate you taking yes. some time out to come on and, and share your story with us. Uh, but I'm getting ready to go through that. I have my background kind of blurred out because the place is a mess. There's stuff packed. There's stuff, yeah. So it's, it's a mess. Boxes. So, yeah, so uh, this Your is my life. closest way I can, I can block all that out and just blur in my background. So Angie, if you want to go ahead and get started um, on just letting us know uh, where this personal uh, journey began. I mean, I think a lot of these stories go, I mean, all the way back, you know, there's, I mean, all of us have a past. Um, my childhood was great. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't grow up in a family with, you know, violence or didn't really grow up in a bad area. Um, all that kind of came later um, as consequences of poor decision-making really driven by the discomfort and the inner turmoil that I was feeling most of, most of my young life. Um, so I had a great childhood. My teen years were really where a lot of damage was done. I take full ownership for the decisions that I made and the people that I was with. Um, but I was definitely very young and very naive <laughs> and very much seeking, um, a way out of what I was feeling. Um, there was, there was really not there's really not a lot of good things I can say about my mental health and my childhood. My, my parents did try to help. I got to give them credit. Um, it really must have been horrible for them because I, I mean, I was huge into body mutilation. There were really obvious signs of um, self-destruction that really carried um, a lot of my decisions, not so much that I ever really wanted to hurt myself. Um, but I was curious, very curious into ways, um, to kind of change how I felt and bring myself up out of, you know, I would, I mean, I had a lot of nightmares. I got really sick as a kid, um, just through nerves. I really didn't do well, like in social settings. I wasn't like, a bad kid. I didn't fight, you know, 
it all turned inwards and it always has and still still does to this day I'm, I'm not the type that would really lash out at other people and, and take it out on them I took I took everything out on on myself whatever the disappointment might have been um or how I was feeling or trying to escape um not understanding why I was thinking the way I was thinking and being just so uncomfortable with that. And that led, you know, into a lot of drug use. I mean, a list that I can't even, I can't even remember all the things that I have really tried. Um, and all, you know, seeking, always seeking something, you know, experimenting, trying things, really lots of years, lots of years doing that when with a lot of bad people. Um, even after graduation, um, you know, there were, there were some really bad years where I saw a lot of bad things. Um, I had no idea, you know, coming from a pretty decent, pretty decent home, um, that people could live or act in such horrible ways and the things they would do to each other. Um, you know, living in the places that I did, there was like a constant threat of violence. Nothing was ever safe. Um, you know, I, I, I was never suicidal, but I very much could have, could have accidentally killed myself on many occasions. And it's, it's very painful to talk about because that was never, you know, the goal. Of course it never is, you know, when you're seeking, um, either escape or answers or just relief. That's a very powerful driver for people is relief. Um, you know, and then when you you find yourself very much at the bottom, <laughs> the bottom, you know, there's no expectations for you to do anything but survive. So I had I had a lot of years of that. Three really rough years with a, in a really rough relationship um, that really was just, you know, just the worst things that you can imagine, um, being around the worst people. And like I said, there's no expectations to do any better because the people that are around you are doing just as bad, if not worse. And everyone's looking for validation for the actions that they are, that they're doing. And, you know, just living around people with really, you know, their own mental instabilities. And it was, it was absolutely chaos at all hours. And I was part of it. I was, you know, um, I had no idea what I was going to do with myself. Um, and I remember leaving that relationship. Gosh, I don't remember if I left or if I kicked him out or what I was going to do. I don't even remember if I had moved home first. But that was like one of the major things that gave me some kind of self-confidence. And it was right around that time that I met my now husband which, you know, had his life together, had reputation in the community, was really into art. And we were just, I hadn't had anybody be a friend to me like that in so long. I hadn't been around people. You know, his friends were better. His situation was better. Like we were both going through pretty massive breakups and, and change and we were just there for each other, you know. 
And that was the absolute love of my life. I have never loved anybody more than the man I am with now. And we got together in 2005. Um, I had I had kind of been into some fitness things before that. You know, like I, I tried like some belly dancing, like some artistic stuff, um, like maybe a few sports when I was a kid. But I really was not an athlete at all as a child. Um, but he gave me he let me buy this. I had no money. I had like nothing like we're talking nothing. When I came into this relationship, I brought nothing. I brought I had no car. I had no money. I had no job. I I felt like I was nothing. I really felt like I, you know, I that I really didn't deserve it and then I didn't have anything to show for myself. And I really was in a huge it was in healing for years after that. Um, but yeah, he let me buy this this fitness magazine and it had Helena Abu on the cover, and I had never seen a woman that looked like her. And that was kind of the beginning. And it was something you just, you are just called for certain things in your life, whether it's like wrestling for you or art for someone else or music. Like there's something in your soul that won't let you put it down. And I went into the back room of this house that I'm moving out of, <laughs> that room over there. And I would study and I would read and I, I found some things in that that were, that were changing me permanently. Um, I didn't think that any of the suggestions were really going to do anything for me, but I, you know, I didn't think that I would be like that lucky, quote unquote, to like actually turn out. But for years in the back room, I just I studied and I lifted, and it became almost immediately one of the most powerful meditations I had ever come across. And I had done a lot of fucking drugs, <laughs> you know, and nothing, nothing came close to this. For like the first time in my life, you know, all this destructive energy that I had, like I, I literally felt it just pouring into this thing that was also pouring back into me. And that was a connection that I have I, I have done everything ever since ever since that in my life for to honor the connection between myself and bodybuilding, myself and strength and powerlifting. Because this has saved me so many times. It's say it has saved me through through the years, not just in that one instance, but over and over again. Because we, you know, we fall off our shit. Um and that's scary. But every every time I realized that, like, I didn't have my shit together, like, I, I have I really haven't taken any time off since 2006. Like, I think I took two weeks off once because I had started a, a manual labor job. I was working outside um, doing horticulture at the Toledo Zoo, which is right down the street from me. And I remember being so tired <laughs> that I like came home from these eight hour days and I slept for like two weeks just right after work. But then I, then I would come home after work. I would take two hours to get my food in 
And then I would spend three hours in the, in the back room because I wasn't, I wasn't part of a gym. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a trainer. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody who was doing what I was doing. I didn't know anybody who gave a crap about it. Like there was a little bit of internet for me at that time, but mostly books. So I read a lot, went through a thousand highlighters, <laughs> but I really transformed in that back room, both of the back rooms. I had, you know, I had never, I had never done so much work on myself, so much positive work. Nothing like that had ever existed in my life, you know, and it, it was getting pretty serious. And I really, the only reason I started to compete was because I was, I wanted, I, yeah, I wanted to see how far I could push myself, but I also felt like like I had to explain why I was doing things at such a level, why I was spending so much time on it. So, but I also, you know, saw these women and they all had, you know, this, this thing, this competition thing in common. And I just had to know what that felt like, you know, again, like I'm just seeking what, what it is that they have when they, when they come to, to the pinnacle of their work, because I was definitely putting in the work. I had to find out what, what that feeling was. And like that instinct to trust myself, to follow this thing all the way down. Like I said, I'm, I was by myself, no friends, no, no anybody that was doing what I was doing. And to follow that instinct that I just had to try was so powerful. And it taught me so much about myself. You know, I, I, there had just been so much pain in my life, you know, trying to figure out what the fuck was wrong with me, even to this day. <laughs> but like a, a lot of answers started coming through that. And I realized that that gravity to bodybuilding was because I was going to find out exactly who I am, do everything I'm meant to do, experience all the things I'm meant to experience, learn what I'm supposed to learn through this thing. It's the way it is the way it's the only way it, the, the, if I don't do this, I am fucked. I am absolutely fucked because I, I remember it like it was fucking yesterday, you know, like it's either freezing cold or it's hot as hell in the back, no temperature control, fucking, I've posted pictures of the doorknob that would freeze in the winter, this is not a comfortable place to be, but I knew that I had to decide every single day whether I was going to create or destroy and I, I really wanted to create because destruction is, is my absolute default. I won't, I won't take you down, but I can, I can, this, I don't know what got programmed into me to do that or why I am that way, but it is my default and I have to protect myself against it. And that was it. That was like the moment I'm like, this is, this is how I'm going to survive.
This is how I'm, I'm going to live. And it doesn't all have to be pain. And if it's going to be pain, I'm going to make it worth something. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to become pain. I will live in pain. I will bring pain on myself, but only in this way. I will make art out of this. I will make something beautiful out of this. I will bring honor to my family name, which I had never done. I really hadn't done anything worth any kind of, um, you know, people being proud of me. You know, I had fucked up a lot. And there was, you know, at one point, my mom had like tried to, you know, find me through, you know, special services that, um, that, you know, for missing kids. And I, that just broke my heart coming home, realizing, you know, you're just out doing your shit and you have, you don't realize how much time has passed. You are, you're, you're on hard drugs. You're around bad people. Everything that she thought was happening was, was happening. And to realize that, you know, over and over how much I had hurt her was just not, it's just not something that you can live with. And then to try to explain it by, you know, like not understanding your own demons being that young, it just didn't cut it for me. That was not a good enough answer for me. So finally, it was amazing that the thing that I had found um, was actually starting to help me with everything. It was helping me with my emotional state, giving a shit about myself, actually liking what I saw in the mirror, like slowly changing under these weights and under the knowledge and then, you know, coming back home and my parents being proud and then actually funneling it into something like a competition. And then not only did that first competition go well, I mean, then I went to Chicago, you know, I, I won my first show unbelievable I'm like well what do I do next you know I asked the guy who ran the show I'm like what what um what the hell do I do and you know I was in such good shape you know blew everybody away you know from a home gym from the back room of my house you know just that shit just doesn't happen you know he just looked at me and he said you can take this as far as you want So it, and I was like, well, that's great, but I just don't know what to do. I didn't understand until later. So explain your emotions. You 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 went from the worst situations and then you do something that that is kind of um, a I'm common scared. theme in all these stories is 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 um, get rid of negativity from your life. The people that were dragging you down and all that. And you found you found some positivity in, in your husband when you guys got together and his, yes. his supportiveness. And then you found that passion. You found something that you were able to. And and, I'll, you know, it's it's sometimes hard. I, I like to say and some people can get it. And some people won't. And I think you will is for you. You found that in bodybuilding and weightlifting. That's that's one of the best forms of therapy that you've probably ever had is is 100%. is diving yourself in into that but the moment that you went from the your lowest point to winning that first competition how are those emotions when you won that first competition wow i mean there's some years in between there you know that it took to kind of pull the pieces back together and and 
like, you know, and healed before that. I mean, like I said, I felt like nothing. I didn't feel like a worthy human being. I had nothing to show for myself. I wasn't a bad person. Like I was, I've, I've always been myself. I wasn't, I wouldn't steal from you or anything like that. You know, I wasn't that kind of person, but realizing that I actually had my own personal power, that was, that was like a bomb, like in your life and you're, and you have taken, you've, you, you've, you've taken care of yourself you've done all the steps you you absolutely if there's one thing I've learned from bodybuilding it's that you have to be there for yourself you actually have to love yourself through all of this because it's just too hard it is way too fucking hard to be like I'm gonna do all these things and I'm just gonna fucking hate myself all the way through it like no it's not gonna work you absolutely have to find some some shred of yourself that you actually care about to make you do these things like I mean it's really pretty cool because getting on stage with people they all have a story and I've heard some pretty stories that are all like they just make your jaw drop you know what what people have been through and then to see the state that they're in it's actually uh kind of common that who you're seeing on stage that actually looks like a million bucks actually has been through, you know, some, th- some things that you wouldn't, you would never have imagined. Like it looks perfect. Things must be perfect. No, man, that's gotta be a fucked up human being. They got some shit going on, but the change, you know, I had never felt good about myself. You know, I mean, all these things were new. I didn't, I didn't really even know what I was feeling. You know, I knew I wanted more. I knew that that was just the start. I mean, like once you get a taste of the pride that you can have in yourself, you didn't know it existed. You had no, had no clue. I mean, I knew happiness existed but I did not know there were other like mental levels, you know, And, and that was, you know, what I was seeking. I'm like, there has to be more, you know, I wasn't cut out for a lot of things, but I'm just, I'm just really glad that I am perfectly cut out for this. I'm meant to be here. I'm right where I belong. And when was the Chicago win? Oh gosh. My first show was in 2013 and I think that was in like April (laughs) and a couple months later I did Chicago at a, at a different, um, a a different, a different company, um, of bodybuilding. And I didn't realize how big that show was. And it actually qualified me to go to the natural Olympia, which was in California. So within my first year, I had won my first show, won my second show and took two gold medals at my third show. And this is like no coaching, no help, absolutely nothing. Just just me like having found this thing and being like I'm all in like I have to do this for me this is like the fact that I had won was unbelievable to me I was in shock I'm like how is this even happening like I didn't really go in like I want to beat everybody like this is this is you know gonna be easy like I had no expectations And I certainly had no idea I was going to do that well, but that's the thing. It was 
like the universe was telling me, like, you need to follow this. Like, these doors are opening for you for a fucking reason. You listen to your instincts. This is your reward. You have to be here. Not only are you saving yourself, but you're 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 literally doing the best you possibly could with an insane track record. And I don't say that to boast at, at all because it could go away tomorrow. But it really surprised me how well I did every single time. And that was sheerly like me taking care of myself and doing the right things and just absolutely being in love with with lifting and the loyalty I think that's really what it was is that I was loyal to it and now it was being loyal to me it was showing me what I was doing was right for myself but it was also going to be a freaking crazy ride (laughs) like hold on (laughs) it's gonna be nuts (laughs) so you've competed your first year you're 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 oh you're going above and beyond all of your expectations for the competitions maybe it was maybe you were um meeting your expectations for yourself the hard work you were putting in but like you said you've loved this for so long and now it's showing you the love back absolutely and a little side note on that not to cut you off no go ahead the the uh, something i wanted to, to touch on there's the history and then there's the present right um my expectations <laughs> 2020 was one of my best years right we're talking about mental health <laughs> we're talking about inspiration we're talking about things that people can relate to 2020 was my best year i had never been in such great shape you know it was such a rough year for so many people and my heart just broke for everyone who had had to deal with, with deaths and, you know, you know, finances, everything was just a shit show. I somehow was able to pull off my best competition year ever. I was in the best shape of my life. I had the best cuts. I'd had some shows moved around, but they ended up working out perfectly for me to, be at the very top of amateur sports in the in the NPC and actually win my pro card. This was great. This was great. I was I was so geared up to have the best off season, the best grow year. And that did not happen. That did not happen at all. Um it, it almost sounds like a classic story when I read it back. Like you think you're gonna be like I'm, I'm, I'm doing so well. This is going to keep going. Well, I fucking hit a wall. Like you would not believe. So the, the, the most recent of the struggles is, you know, like being at your top and having shit just blow up in your face. So the beginning of 21, you know, I'm starting my, my grow season and I'm sick, man. Like I'm really sick. We're not talking like COVID sick. It wasn't that but for six months, I had, I was dealing with these, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. I just called them episodes um, that were taking me down, like, on a weekly basis. Stuff that was, it was so, it was so scary. 
Um, I mean, I went to doctors. I mean, I ended up at like three different doctors in like less than two days at one point trying to figure out what was going on, but I wasn't able to train. I was, I was hardly able to eat. You know, I would, I remember one day, for example, I had, it was a normal day, got up, had like one client in the afternoon and I do a little bit of arms and I just start feeling off. I'm not sure if it's anxiety, but I've got nothing to be anxious about. It's a great day. The sun is out. And then I'm like losing my breath. I'm feeling weak. And I'm like, oh, man, I should really call this. I think I just need to maybe I'll head to the gym to get my client. And that did not happen. I had barely made it home. I, I still don't know how I drove home. I just felt so out of it. And, you know called off for the day and stayed on the couch for seven hours, pretty much feeling like I was going to die. And I don't say that to be any kind of dramatic or elaborate in any kind of way. It was terrifying. And this stuff was happening a lot. Like, I still don't know what it was. I never did get any answers. Totally healthy by all marks. But it was ruining my year. I had major opportunities lined up, people to train with, places to go. I had lists to do. I had I had food to eat. I couldn't I couldn't do any of those things, and I and I couldn't I couldn't keep any of my plans because I thought if I have one of these episodes while I'm out there by myself, it's going to be too much. There's there I won't be able to. I, I can't do it. I can't do anything. And I it was really really hard. And I was kind of like, even when I was, was feeling kind of okay, I was like worried that it would happen again. And I, I still don't know what it was, but that was the first six months. The, the other six months of 21 was not to use the phrase lightly, but was almost like a post-traumatic kind of feeling about it because I was like, maybe I feel okay now, but is this going to keep happening? What is this? what, what, what just happened to me? Am I, am I really okay? I don't know. You know, so, so to, to me, I lost pretty much an entire year. I mean, I only put on maybe 10 pounds from stage weight, which was nothing, absolutely nothing. I was, I should have been up in the one sixties you know, break a, break a body weight record. And I, I was never able to do it. I couldn't, I could hardly force myself to do some of my work and I would miss a lot of clients. I don't want to say a lot, but more than I was comfortable with. And I, when some changes happened at the place I was working, I decided to resign. It was really nice the way it ended, but this also was kind of part of the reason that I quit because I didn't know what was going on. I needed more time to recover. And that it, it really scared the shit out of me because if I was feeling that bad on a normal day, on a Tuesday, doing, doing, doing nothing, doing arms, doing with, you know, nothing in, in my orbit that would have caused any of it. If I was feeling that bad, you better believe there was, there was no way that I could compete. And that scared me. I'm like, I'm not well, you know? And I really only talked to, um, 
I talked to a couple people about it. Some people that were really close, like my husband knew. And one of my coaches knew. My doctors knew. Everybody kind of knew. The people who had to know knew. And I remember thinking once, like, fuck, man, if anything happens to me, like, at least they knew. And that was really terrifying, you know, to have to think that way. Like, like I can't control it. We don't know when it's going to happen. I may have to live with this. Um, this nebulous thing that's happening. Um, so basically that whole year, I felt like I lost. So by the time November rolls back around, which would have made it one year since winning my pro card, I had, I was finally trying to pull myself together and figure out what the fuck I was going to do next, because this is not how it was supposed to happen. Like I'm at the top of my game. People are expecting big things from me and they have no fucking clue that, that I'm, that I'm really suffering. And it's starting to pull me back down into these negative coping skills. Like I got a history with binge drinking, man, like me and alcohol have a strange relationship. And, you know, I can't say that I didn't lean on that, you know, for relief. And like I said, relief's a powerful motivator. You know, so I was starting to think, you know, what, what could be happening here? This is not a good sign. You know, I'm like, okay, like, we've really got to reach out for help. You know, I'm actually going to be looking into therapy after we move to kind of help with these symptoms. Um, I mean, I really do recommend it for most people. Just do your research first, because I did try to do therapy at the beginning of 2020, I got paired with, I, I don't know, I'm not sure what kind of specialist he was, but he was very expensive and he didn't deal with whatever I had. So that was a little bit disappointing. He dealt with not me. Um, but I am going to be trying that again. And I also have um, Brandon Ray as my coach. After seven years with my previous coach, I've hired someone new to help guide me through women's bodybuilding, which is actually a change for me from women's physique, which is where I turned pro. Um, so there's so much on the line right now, you know, like there's, there's so much that I still have left to do. And it was, it was just scary because I wasn't sure if through these episodes, if I was going to be like losing my ability to do my bodybuilding, like what if it got worse, you know, people can probably really relate with that if they they've ever been in a time where. They're like, am I going to be losing the thing that matters the most to me? What could this possibly mean for the rest of my life? And I know, I know myself and you know yourself, you know, when things get really fucking hairy, you know, and you're not making the best decisions, like what kind of path that leads and where, and it, it, I mean, it, it definitely came to me again, like realizing like that that self-destruction is right around the corner for a lot of us, you know, daily management, talking to the people that, that love you, that can see you. Like, it's such an important thing because you can get really lost in your thoughts when you're super depressed about, you know, a massive injury or losing, you know, like, like, what if man, like, is this, what if I can't compete this year? What about next year? And then what is this doing to my mental state 
with competition in general or just in bodybuilding. Like I'm not going to disappear. Like I don't bodybuild for the people, for the crowd, but I have a lot of people who have absolutely loved my work. Like there are genuine fans out there who have been following me since 2013 and they, they cannot believe how well I've done. And it's amazing to have these people reach out and they're always curious, like what you're going to do next. And they just want to encourage you. And it's, it's a fucking beautiful thing. And I didn't know, I really didn't know what was going to happen. I'm just glad. And I still don't, <laughs> but the, the, the end of that, <laughs> the beginning of that really is that I worked with Brandon for three months and we got things mostly put together and he's gotten to see a few, a few of these things, um, you know, for himself, um, a few of these episodes, you know, cause I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to hide this shit. And that's a big piece of advice is don't hide, don't hide your shit. It's not going to improve. You know, like you, if you have a coach or your friends group, like people do need to know what's going on with you. It's, it's, it's important that you use your circle and not, you know, not suddenly like spring things on people when you're having a really bad day. Cause they have no idea what you're going through. And they, and that's what fucking good friends are for. They're going to support you. So, I mean, here I am. <laughs> we're we're like a, a week from moving and I'm just a few days from starting my prep for this year, which means I am going to be competing. <laughs> it's just insane. You know, like there's been such what I what I fought through to come to this decision. I mean, a lot of nights wondering if this is if I'm going to be up to it. Is it going to work? Like not even not even nervous about the competition. I couldn't care less like who's going to be there and what the other girls look like. I just want to have the year that like feeds my soul, you know, like all those things that I didn't get to do last year. Like I want to travel. I want to see these people. I want to go and meet my coach in LA and I don't want to be like afraid to do it. You know, I want my body to be, to, to be there for me. And sometimes you're just not sure, you know, I mean, a lot of people struggle with, that mental side and not really, not, not really knowing for sure. And that's exactly what I came to was that I'm not going to know. I'm not going to, I don't get to know how this is going to turn out and I have to live my life. Like you, you don't have any say in how this is going to go. I just have to make my choices the way I want to live my life keep learning along the way, keep track of everything and just, and see where the chips lay. Well, you've had such an amazing journey that you've been through and you've talked about all the ups and downs, even once you got to your highest point. Uh, but the one thing that you said that really, resonates and I, I really like to make sure everyone understands is not keeping your shit inside you yeah. have your circle like you said talk to your people don't don't keep it inside because that's where you're going to get fucked up and you're not going to be able to overcome and work on things and move move forward like you said it's it's been a uh daily struggle for you at daily times. Choice. yeah and other times 
um, better, but always a struggle. And that's what it comes with everyone's mental health and, and adding the, the physical to it where you were struggling physically and, and had a dip in your confidence. Um, just seeing the fact that you're able to get back on the horse, so to speak, and try to, you have the goals and trying to, to accomplish them. And the one thing that I loved what you said is I don't know what it's going to be, but all I know is I'm going to try mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other, so to speak. And I'm keep going moving. to define. So that is something that if anyone can take away from this conversation is that you can be down, just don't be out. Sometimes things don't go the way you want them to are on your timeline that you want them to happen. in. But as long as you keep going and putting one foot in front of the other and working towards those goals and working on yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, that's where it shows you've done more and succeeded more than, than a lot of people have professionally, but you've done so much personally, mentally, and emotionally that I think this is an inspiration to our listeners to hear where you've, where you started, where you've went and the obstacles and speed bumps and road bumps and, and shit that's come up along the way. I thank you for being courageous enough to share your story. And I look forward to following you professionally and seeing you getting back out there and putting one foot in front of the other and getting back to competitions because you, I can see, I know this is only going to be an audio podcast, but I see in your face when you are talking about how much you love this, your face just lit up. So I, 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 I see the passion that you have for this on your face and I'm excited as a fan now to see how far you're going to go. And the fact that you've been able to recover from this most recent um, roadblock in a way of you're putting yourself back out there to get yeah. where you want to be is just awesome. And I appreciate you. Um like I said, for being courageous enough to tell your story. Um, But just it's awesome to see that you are still putting in the work and still working hard to accomplish these goals and only keeping the positivity in your life. So I want to live, man. Thank you. I want to live. I want this to be. I knew this was going to be a crazy life. I just I just knew. But I want it to be like crazy like you you're not gonna believe this like you've got to see it to believe it that good like i said i'm gonna keep an eye on you when you get back (laughs) out there i'm following you on your social media because i want to see i want to see this success because you've inspired me to 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 want to see where you're going so again thank you angie for joining me and we will talk again soon thank you so much everybody take care Are you struggling? Need to talk to someone? Reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 
8255.